over the past three weeks or so, myself as, as well as some of our other leaders have had a number of conversations with different folks in the church about that feeling of disconnection that Valerie just prayed about. And it's something that I've heard from other pastor friends around the country that, that many of us in this moment are, are feeling that sense of, of disconnection. And so I thought, well, I wonder if maybe this is an opportunity for us as a congregation to sit with that feeling a little bit and to wonder a little bit about what God's invitation to us might be during this, this time where many of us are kind of figuring out what, is it, what does it mean to be a part of a church community? What does that look like after uh, these, these couple of years or in the middle of the season that, we are, that we're still in? And, uh, and I'm thinking especially about uh, Palm Sunday, the passage that I just read to our, to our children Uh, The way that Jesus coming into Jerusalem on that donkey, in that sign of a, that symbolism of a a conquering king, attracted so many people, right? Everybody in Jerusalem had heard that Jesus was coming into town in this way, and they all showed up. They all wanted to be a part of it. They all wanted to see. Uh, that, That moment, that kingly, spectacular moment, attracted quite a crowd, and I think there's, there's something in me, at least, that is tempted to that, to think, you know, how can we be impressive? How can we get back to normal? How can, how can we pull one another back after this season or in the middle of this season that has, in a sense, pushed us away from, from one another? But I think Palm Sunday is a warning about that temptation, right? Because the crowd didn't stick around. The, the crowd was fickle in the same way that you and I are fickle. And, and not a few days later, they were nowhere to be found. Uh, and so rather than that, that image of Jesus coming in as a conquering king, I think the image for, for us in this season is, is the crucified Jesus, is the betrayed Jesus, the denied Jesus, the arrested Jesus, the Jesus put on a mock trial, the crucified Jesus. I, I think... I think the center for us needs to be the broken body of Jesus. Um, I think maybe this is why we've been celebrating communion every single Sunday during Lent, which typically as a church, we, we recognize communion on the first Sunday of each month. But each, each, each Sunday over the past few weeks, we have gathered around the table together to remember the broken body of our Lord. Uh, there, there are none of us in this space who are not broken. Amen. You need to do better than that. There are none of us in this room who are not broken. Amen? None of us. And particularly so two years in to this pandemic. There there, there are none of us who have not in some way been impacted by the trauma of this season. None of us come to this moment completely put together, completely whole, completely having our lives figured out. Amen? We are all in this space of brokenness together. The invitation, I believe, is for broken people to tenderly move toward other broken people, steadied by the broken body of Christ. That it is the broken body of Christ that is our center, that that is the presence that pulls us toward one another. We are not people to be fixed. We are not problems to be solved. We are a a broken people who have experienced more than we ever would have known to to think or to plan or to imagine. But we are steadied together by the broken body of Jesus. Amen? 
that for me is, is the, 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 the shaping image uh, of this season. And, and, and I, I want to invite you to, to consider that, that image as, uh, as well. Our broken Savior inviting us toward one another. So anyways, back to Monday, as I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe I don't need to preach a sermon. Maybe we need to do something a little bit more creative. I, I thought of four people who I wanted to have a conversation with. Now, to be honest, I didn't think all four of them would say yes, but they all said yes, because uh, I know this week a lot of people are traveling spring break. They all said yes. I'm very grateful for that. And I wanted to, to, to include two folks in our, in our community who've been around our church for some time, two folks who could reflect on sort of the before pandemic and the I'm going to say the during pandemic. <laughs> and then I wanted to include two folks who are newer to our congregation, who don't have a long memory of our church pre-pandemic, uh, who maybe just tasted a little bit of it or who came in the middle of the pandemic. And, uh, and I wanted us to hear from each other. So we, we spent about an hour and a half on Zoom together yesterday, and I joked with them. I was like, we should have just recorded this conversation because it was so good. It was so good. They, they shared so much wisdom and insight. Uh, so can you uh, join me in welcoming these four folks as they, as they come on up? Dennis and Crystal, Dana and Sarah. So uh, 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 Crystal and Dennis represent our old-timers, and um, I'll let you read into that however you want to, and, uh, uh, and, and Dana and Sarah, some of our new folks, and I'm going to let you guys decide what you want to do with masks while you're up here. It's totally, totally up to you. Um, but again, super grateful for the, the four of them being, being up for this. It's, it's our desire that we kind of are just inviting you into some reflections that I think might be helpful for, for all of our, for all of our, our congregation. Um, so I want to start with uh, some of our, our newer people. Actually, no, let's start with introductions. Let's start with introductions. Uh, so we'll start with Dennis and we'll go down. Uh, name uh, roughly about how long you've been at the church and then... I'm putting you all on the spot. Um, like, give us a, a one-sentence snapshot of what new community felt like to you when you first started coming. So just, so again, we're going to do this quick. Uh, name, how long you've been here, a one-sentence snapshot of what did new community feel like when you first started coming? Twelve, and when I first came, it just felt like a diverse community of active and activated people who were focused on justice and uh, racial reconciliation. Um, oh, that's loud. I'm Sarah. Um, we've been here for two years. We came once pre-pandemic. And I would say our first experience here felt like coming, the Holy Spirit in us was like home. That's the word that comes to mind. Hello, I'm Dana. I've been coming to New Community for about seven months, maybe. So in this, like, nebulous pandemic still, maybe not, maybe yes, definitely, <laughs> season. Um, and New Community felt to me, uh, yeah, just a sense of um, encouragement and excitement of finding a church that resonates with so many values that I feel like the Lord has put on my heart. Hi, I'm Crystal. Um, my husband and I have been coming to this church 2012, so around about the same time as Dennis, so about 10 years, um, but I have a slightly longer history with New Community. Um, I was part of New Community Logan Square and pretty involved there before that, so 
kind of touched, um, wasn't on the launch team, but kind of touched it. When we switched over to fully be members of this church, we just moved into this space. Um, so it felt like uh, a new chapter for the church, actually, in 2012. Like, I joked with these guys yesterday. It kind of felt like a kid who had finally moved out of its parents' basement, like, kind of knew, had more ideas about it, what, what it wanted to be, was stepping into those things um, in a new space, in a new chapter, that kind of thing. That's great. Dana, you can hold on to the mic. So one of the things we want to do here is to kind of invite you into different people's experiences. Like if you've been around for 10 years, we hope that you get a sense in this conversation, what does it feel like to have been here seven months? And if you've been here seven months, we hope you walk away with a sense of, well, what did it feel like five, seven years ago? So that we have a a way of empathizing with one another's experience a little bit. Does that make sense? Okay. So um, uh, uh, Dana and Sarah, I'd like you to help us feel with you what it felt like to be kind of finding a church in a pandemic because a lot of us have never done that before and don't really know what that feels like. So uh, just tell us a little bit about what it felt like to be finding a church with everything going on. Yeah, so for me, um, I moved to Chicago last August and then kind of really started looking for churches September of last year. And it was definitely... I knew it was new, right? So I knew it was going to be some awkwardness, some like, you know, just like exhaustion of always being new and showing up to places and having to essentially put yourself out there. I was excited that it was at least in person. So at least I could really get a feel for a church community. But um, yeah, it was pretty um, draining. Uh, I I knew to expect that, right? But it's still dealing with the change and navigating that um, was a lot. And um, I think that for anyone looking at churches, being new to churches, just and for people who've been here for a while or in any church for a while, just remember that, <laughs> you know, when someone new comes on Sunday, it's, it takes, people know that, but I think if, when, once you're comfortable, you don't really realize just how exhausting it is to be new. So I would say that. Um, I think coming to this church during, essentially during a pandemic means that we've had to figure out how do we, how do we define belonging? Because, okay, like people will be like, oh, how long have you been here? And we're like, oh, it sounds like we've been here a long time. But um, the the friendships or the community has come really last for us in, in coming to Newcom, which is unlike any other church that we've ever been a part of. Um, we're both, my husband and I are both extroverts. And so we love like getting dinner with people and like going places and doing things and having people in our home. And the pandemic was like, all of that is inaccessible. And so it's been kind of weird to feel like we really, like I said, we feel at home here. The mission and values of this church are so in line with what we want. Um, and yet that idea of like, but are we doing that shoulder to shoulder with people? Do other people know what we're going through? Do we know what they're going through? Has been slower coming. Thanks. Um, you can hand the mic to, to yes. Dennis. Um <laughs> So I want to I wanna think now from the perspective of those of you who've been around for a while, and I, I think that this question comes from something that you shared yesterday, Dennis. Um, our, our church has, has put a high value on community, uh, in part because of our identity as a reconciling people, that we want this not to just be theoretical but experienced. And, and you pointed out yesterday that, that this means we've had to learn to trust each other, and that we've had to learn to trust each other in lots of different ways, Again, not theoretically, but 
often by doing things together, by putting ourselves in uncomfortable and awkward positions, doing things some of us have never done uh, before, but doing those kinds of things uh, together. And then during the, during the pandemic, we, our community has experienced a lot of transition. Um, there have been some people who moved away to other states during the, the pandemic. Uh, some people got married uh, during the pandemic. Uh, some people found our church during the, during the pandemic. Um, and, so, and so then we kind of start get, get regathering together, and it looks very different for those who've been around for a long time. So I, I, I wonder if, if you and, then, and Crystal, if you as well, could share with us what has it been like navigating such a complex time when the church you belong to looks very different than it did a couple of years ago. The church that you would come to trust and sort of depend on looks very different. I'm actually going to let Crystal start with this one because she had a really good response that I want to jump off of. No (laughs) pressure. As Crystal is gathering her thoughts, uh, I, I want to say thank you to those of you who are guests to our church this morning or who are newer to our church. I know this might feel like kind of an insider conversation, but actually this is a window into uh, some of our DNA. Um, listen, I love to preach and I love good preaching. You should come to the Good Friday service because you're going to hear seven amazing preachers from our church. But this sort of thing is important to us as a community. Hearing from one another, hearing how God is speaking and moving through the community is very important. So if you are new, thank you for being uh, with us this morning and for hanging in with this conversation. And I hope that it does give you a little window into who we are as a community. Was that stuff that I stall long enough for you there, Crystal? I have no idea what Dennis is referencing. So I'm just going to answer the question and hope something similar comes up. Um, I... I I think for me, there's so much to navigate coming back to a space. Like, when we were at home, what I wanted was to get back to church, um, to get back to seeing people, to get back to being around people. And now, if I'm honest, coming back to church feels not like what I wanted because there's still umpteen things to navigate laughing at myself a little bit yesterday because I I feel like I'm in this place where like I'm playing head games right like I think I know how comfortable or not comfortable I am with certain things but then there's a layer of like should I feel that way I think I know how I'm supposed to feel but how do I really feel like I don't I don't know what's going on right now Um, and there's certain there's new things to navigate all the time and I think to navigate those new things I want to come to a place that doesn't If I'm really honest, it would make it easier if the place that I came back to just felt familiar. And when there's people that are here that are new, and this is not a knock on anybody that's new, but if if there's people that are new that adds another something to navigate in a space that I just wanted something to be normal again, um, or to feel familiar, because everything about the last two years has felt unfamiliar. Um, And I think that and then you add the like weird layers of like safety and like but still trying to be community and like all those tensions together just make it seem like a lot to show up here even though that's what i wanted um and i didn't say this yesterday but i was thinking about it this morning like i think it makes all those things together if i'm honest makes it so that it's easier for me as someone that does have a certain expectation of what this place looks and feels like it makes it easier to 
say okay to those things that are lingering in my mind that give me a reason to not come. My kids got up late in the morning. I'm really tired today. I have this looming thing. I have a thing I need to do with my parents right after, and logistically it would be hard. Like, it's easier to rest on those things and not push past them because this isn't exactly what I hoped it to be in the back of my head. That wasn't what she said yesterday. <laughs> but yes, still amazing. And, and, and I'm still like, inspired by that. But yesterday, one of the things that struck me about what you shared was about the... <laughs> was about the trauma of being here, having built relationships, and having people that you love and care about disappear, and you have no idea why and where, because there are people who left during the pandemic that we didn't get a chance to say goodbye to. And for people who have been here for 10, 11, 12 years, and have been in relationship for that time, um, it, it's hard not getting closure and then having that trauma of not getting closure added to the other trauma that I have experienced just being in a pandemic. Um, it's been different for several reasons for me, um, in part because just before the pandemic, um, I had just transitioned off of the leadership team. And anyone who's been the chair of the leadership team and then come off, like there, it's, there's, it's like a, a fraternity of people who have that experience. There's something extremely isolating about knowing everything about the inner workings of the church and then knowing nothing. And so I went from that and within two or three months, um, that level of isolation and feeling disconnected was multiplied by a thousand because then the pandemic hit. And so having that trauma, then having the regular trauma of just being in a pandemic, being single in a pandemic, being in a place in a pandemic where because I'm single and live alone, I don't have physical contact with human beings for years. <laughs> um, like that's a, that's a trauma that I experienced. And on top of that trauma, coming back into a place where um, we're expected to be in community, expected to build trust. And you, one of the things that you lose in, in trauma is the willingness to take risks to feel safe, to take risks. And building trust takes a lot of risks. And when you're in a place like I am, where you don't feel that, that safety, then it's hard to then take those risks that it's gonna take for us to build trust as a community, for me to feel like I can open up to people that I've never met when I'm still in survival mode. None of that feels like something I want to do even though I feel called to do it, but I don't want to do it. And yes, I love Jesus and the Holy Spirit, but I still like, am in a place where I'm telling him no pretty frequently. And so I have to come out of, out of that space, and I have to be healed from my trauma so that I can, again, feel seen and safe enough to take the risks that trust takes. Any honest people relate to what Dennis just said right there? Yeah, a bunch of us, probably all of us. Um, I was going to ask uh, Dennis you to weigh in on this next one, but I actually feel like what you said just kind of led us into this. So if you want to say more, please do. But maybe, Sarah, let's start with you. Uh, and if others want to chime in, that's fine. Um, Dennis talked about, and, and actually Chris will talk about safety 
in the way that we've had to prioritize safety in a way that kind of isolates us from each other. So we all still feel that. None of us doesn't feel that anymore. And as a church community, we also, I think, sense this call that Dennis just articulated to be hospitable to one another. And it's sort of hard to imagine how those two things can coexist with each other, like the, the being safe and, and being hospitable. So Sarah, maybe you could start us off. Like, how have you experienced the tension between those, those two different things over these couple years? The tension between being hospitable and needing to be wise and safe. Um, every day. <laughs> I, I have thought a lot over the last two years of how there's just like an open tab in my brain all the time running calculations of if I do this, does that put this person at risk? Does it, how am I a good neighbor? Is, is a good neighbor to be with this person or is to be a good neighbor to stay away? And like just everything and then things shift, you know, they've, we've gone through different eras of the pandemic, you know, where different things have been appropriate and not. And so just to have that running always in the back of your mind, it's, I mean, I've never had to do that before in my life, you know, um, for that particular thing. And so I think at this point, two years in, I'm, maybe I have more of an accustomed, I'm more accustomed to that energy drain constantly. And so right now the tension for me is, is okay, how do I, like, okay, I'm, I'm used to this now. So now what do we, what do we do with that? It's not going away. Um, and I think like to Dennis's point too, that it's, there's that of like the physical risk, but then there's this like, I want and need to be around people. And yet the trauma, depression, grief of the last two years means I have no margin to kind of seek that out myself. And I've found myself like in this church, like wishing, not in like an accusatory way, like, because I get it, like we're all holding so much, but I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish I knew people, you know, I wish someone would know me. Um, and, and yet feeling like I don't have, I don't have any energy to do anything about that. And I imagine, you know, other people are standing on the other side of like, like a glass wall kind of being like, yeah, and I don't have any energy either, you know, so what do we do with that? That's the tension. Um, how do we, they almost feel like a scarcity mindset If there's, there's just not enough energy to go around. So I, I want to point out that I think uh, for other congregations, the, the, the dynamic that Sarah just pointed out is maybe a little less felt because for us, we have said forever that reconciling community is kind of our one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a Sunday morning worship experience. Uh, it, it's not you know, uh, uh, incredible outreach ministries as, ex- as important as all of these things are. We have said that for us, our reconciled community is the one thing and that everything else flows out of that. So that we have prioritized over the year time and time again, living into this reconciled community. So, so because of that, I think the, the, the tension is felt especially strong in a church like ours. Does that, does that make sense? Where it may not be in, in other spaces. So let me, I want to nuance this a little bit, and, and, um, and Dana, maybe you could chime in here. Um, being hospitable is always uncomfortable, right? 
I mean, some of us have the gift of hospitality, but, you know, going out of our way to welcome someone, to establish a relationship, to invite someone out to, to a meal, there's always at least a little bit of discomfort with that. You know, given what, what Sarah just described, which I think most of us can relate to, like, how do you think about that discomfort right now and maybe how it, it plays with the idea of being safe What's, what's the role of, it, of kind of re-embracing some of that discomfort for the sake of community and hospitality right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, in our conversation yesterday afternoon, it's like a lot of nuance around that, right? Because we shared a lot about the pandemic, like literal physical safety with like a virus happening. And, you know, someone might look a certain way, might make assumptions about their health, but you just never know what people are actually going through health-wise on top of being and navigating in a pandemic. So there's a lot going on there already. And then we have the normal social connections of like not fear of rejection, right? Not wanting to be rejected by people, trying to manage our energy and, you know, other things God has given us to steward and, you know, take care of. And, um, and just like general, just like, I think sometimes it can be like easy to overly lean into some of those things there's definitely appropriate things that you just have to do. If you're living with someone's immunocompromised, you just, that is what it is. And you, that's what God's giving you to focus on and steward well, your time and safety for the sake of those people. But um, in normal church spaces or normal spaces where we're interacting with new people or people that we don't know us fully, it's also easy to maybe over-rely on comfort um, and realizing that like maybe there's this misunderstanding of like, complete comfort, uh, meaning full safety, and complete discomfort, meaning that it's completely unsafe, right? And I think we, we translate that into our social interactions with who we reach out to and who we engage with. So, yeah, I think it's a lot to navigate and balance for sure in a pandemic, but how can we trust, like, what God has given us in this community and this mission to be um, a reconciled people um, in, this, in a multicultural church in this neighborhood um, to really move towards one another and with whatever God is giving you. It doesn't mean he's giving you a capacity to, like, have 12 different coffee dates in a week, but, like, like, what's the small thing that the Holy Spirit's, like, nudging you to pursue or that you are thinking of right now? Can you pass to Crystal? That's so helpful, Dana. What, Crystal, from, like, someone with a, a longer-range view, how do you hear what, what Dana says? How have you kind of thought about that dynamic yourself? Yeah, I think there's just been so much to navigate in the pandemic. And I mentioned earlier that like, it feels different being in this room because it looks different, but there are a lot of other things that are different about our hurt. Like our church has embraced, and, and I think it, in a good way has embraced a lot of change in how we do things. We should be growing and expanding. And I don't want to think that the pandemic has stopped all that at our church. Right. But it does mean change. And like I said before, more change feels that much more daunting for me because I have a picture of it being something else. Um, I, like the first thing that popped to mind just now when Sarah and Dana were talking, like I, I think that there are small steps that we can take within the confines of even the things that we have changed that would, I think as someone who has been here a long time, takes the, there's a hurdle for me to get past to want to do those things because they look different. So, like, I think, for example, of our Bible studies on Wednesday, which are completely different than how we used to do small groups. Um, But I also think, like, we talked about this a little bit yesterday when we were talking, like, 
the pandemic has made it so that everything is a calculation. And I'm so used to that, that like, it feels like if I go to Bible study and my small group is different, it means that I'm supposed to completely abandon and disregard the relationships that I formed in the community group that was really tight before. And it doesn't mean that. It feels that way if I don't think about it, right? Um, because I'm supposed to be like joining a new small group or whatever. Um, but I'll say two things there. Like one, partly because I'm married to one, I have been in Bible study. So I've been there. Um, but there's been a lot of fruit there. Like I have really enjoyed, like I have lots of other reasons to step into small group, which I'm thankful for. But um, th- that's been good. That's one of the ways, actually Dana, I've had, Dana's been over to my house. Like there are ways to form relationships in the new too, in the structures that are already there. But you have to ask yourselves whether or not you distrust those structures because they're different. Um, And also, my old community group that got really close, especially in the beginning of pandemic, still gets together. And so now I have two groups of people that I send prayer requests to. Like recently my family went through a lot of things um, with my parents being here. And there's two different groups of people that I can email now for prayer requests. And so it's actually added for me and not taken away from something that I felt like I had to give up because I was stepping into something new. That's so good. You see what I mean? How like, there's a lot of wisdom with these folks, right? Uh, I want to go to our two newer people for this. Uh, Yesterday, as we were reflecting on, on being new and kind of what it feels like right now, one of you, and I can't remember who, said something like, as a new person, I want to feel worth getting to know. And I, I felt that really strongly uh, when, when that was said out loud. So I wonder if the two of you could just share a little bit of, about that desire and what that feels like. Yeah, I, I can share since I said that. Um, <laughs> we're like being hot potato with the mic here because it's like awkward. Like, oh, are you talking next? I don't know. Um, Yeah, I think that just having, like I said before, moving to a new city and um, feeling slightly hopeful about the pandemic, you know, how it felt last fall before Delta hit, you're like, oh, like, maybe, you know? Um, And then it was like, no. But um, in that maybe kind of space, I was excited, although, like, exhausted, but, like, wanting to get to know people and having to be honest with myself about, like, that it takes time and patience to build trust and to get to know others and trying to be normal in that way and understanding, but also um, coming into a space where you know that there's been history, you know that people know each other. Um, It's very intimidating to want to really put yourself out there because of that fear of rejection, right? And um, I think that, I don't know, like giving people the space to be who they are, but how do you also balancing being welcoming? It's like, it's a really hard balance to find because you don't, you also want to give people their space and not scare them away either. So, um, but yeah, I guess from my experience, like I think it took some time to develop being like, feeling like I was being, getting to be known by people here. Um, I think it took me like really just going to Bible study on Wednesday nights to like kind of speed up, (laughs) speed that up. Um, and, um, but yeah, I think not. I know not everyone has like you know Sarah and I, you know talked about being a little bit more on the extroverted side of the personality spectrum. Not everyone is like that either. So like, how can we be sensitive to the fact that people are not going to just come up to you and introduce themselves? So just finding that balance, I guess. Okay. Um, I was just thinking like. That's a really vulnerable question to say, like, to just articulate that want to feel worth 
getting to know. It's like, why would you ask that of us? Um, but I think when I come into a new space, I want to put my best foot forward and I want people to be impressed by me. And um, the pandemic has definitely absolved me of all of that <laughs> ability to, to do that. And um, I just, after our conversation yesterday, I was really thinking about the image that you put forth of like, we're broken people gathering. The, the thing that draws us together is the broken body of Jesus. And I, I think it's hard, like, you do have to build trust with people to be vulnerable with them. I'm not advocating for us to just all, like, share all of our crap, like, in a week. But um, I think maybe having the posture of, I'm assuming you're broken because I'm broken. And, like, even when our brokenness almost feels in competition with one another, like that glass wall I was thinking about of, like, I know you don't have anything to give, and I don't either. The only thing we have in common is our brokenness. And that actually is where we would know each other the most. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of hate that, you know? Like, I don't want to be broken. Yeah, um, yeah I don't, I, I want us to just have a really good time and laugh, well, we will laugh a lot. But you know, like, I, I don't, I want to be cool. Um, but really, that's what the church has always been doing, is circling around the broken body of Jesus. So is this not almost more true to who Jesus has called us to be. Um, I don't have a lot of specifics of how we get there, but. When Sarah said that all we share is our brokenness, I almost got up and started dancing. <laughs> because, because this is what the gospel allows us to confess. That's so good, Sarah. Uh, we need to, I, I have so many things. We need to stop. Um, so I want to come to Dennis and then Crystal, if you want to chime in on this as well. Um, one of the things that we realized yesterday is that kind of regardless of how long we've been a part of this community, we all feel a little bit hesitant right now, a little wobbly. Uh, but we've also noticed yesterday that once we start recognizing that we're all in that same place of tenderness, it can actually be maybe a little easier to start reaching out and showing some hospitality to one another and that those, those acts don't have to be big and spectacular, they can be small. They can be relatively uh, mon- mundane. And so, Dennis, I, I know you over the years have thought a lot about our church um, from very small things to big picture. I wonder what you might say to us about those small acts, uh, those, those little steps uh, that, that do not ask us to transcend our brokenness but from within where, where each of us stand right now. What, what might that, some of that look like for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to keep like, putting people on front street from our conversation yesterday, but um, there, was a, there was that comment about feeling worth knowing and having people reach out at a time when you're in stress. And... We talked about not having guilt attached to that, but I, as I thought about it more, I'm like, I, there, I got focused on the difference between guilt and shame. I'm okay with feeling guilty about that because there are places where, as I mentioned, I said no to God. I said no to the Holy Spirit, and I need to be convicted of that. And hearing about how 
other people are going through things reminded me of the, the human cost, the spiritual cost, the relational and emotional cost of my nose. And I have to own that. I have to own that I made those mistakes and there were people who were impacted by the times that I refused to follow the leads of the Holy Spirit. And like you said, like that generally is not like change the world and cure the pandemic. It is call that person, pray for that person, say hi to that person, sit next to somebody that you don't know in church. Um, Use the greeting time, not for bathroom time. And (laughs) it, it is all those simple things that the Holy Spirit calls us to do on when there's not a pandemic that we need to do even more now. And it's not that, that the calls have changed. It's that the costs have changed. It's that we are now that much more broken and there's that much more healing in the small things that God calls us to do. There's that much, that's that many more people who need to feel seen by the small things that we can do. And so it is those, it is those small things. It is that, small obedience, um, which was the book that we talked about last year. Um, it is those small obediences that can mean so much to that person who's just needing to feel like someone sees me. I am worth it. I'm worth saying hi to. I'm worth the, the longer introduction. I'm worth like not just the hi and then go see someone that you know. And so it, it is, it's, it's those kinds of things that we have to do now. Um, not just for obedience, but for the sake of the lives of the people around us. I think since our conversation yesterday, I've been thinking a lot about like being honest with myself about the things that I have lost in church. So like thinking specifically about this community and this space. I think if I'm not honest with myself, I don't know that I'm bringing that with me or carrying it with me. And that, I mean, I'll confess to you guys out loud, I did it just now. We were at greeting time and I literally stood by the wall. I was like, oh, David's going to need us soon. Pastor David's going to need us soon. I'm going to start walking to the front. Like, it's going to give me a reason to not. But, like, that's so easy to do, right? Like, I think that the, the calculation that COVID has, like, it's given us one more thing to, like, cover. Like, a cover to hide behind, right? I, and, and I'm not, I think I speak specifically to the people who have been here for a long time and have a specific way that, like, this feels and looks or the things that you don't even know that you wanted it to still feel and look like, if you don't know that you want that, then you're not grieving the loss of that. It doesn't mean that change is bad, but losing something is also hard. And then I think if you're honest about that, then you can really be honest about where you are. Like, are you in a place where you maybe could ask someone out to coffee or over to your home or to take a walk outside or whatever's most comfortable for you? Or are you still just in a space where literally just use the things that the church is giving you? Greeting time. Go say hi to one person. Like, get to know someone's name. Or do the thing that I asked you to do earlier when I had the mic. It's another point of connection, right? Like, whatever you're comfortable with, I think there are things that we can do that are not super daunting. So I'm, I don't think it's about taking yourself so out of your comfort zone that, like, you must say hi to five people. You must get to know new people. Like, it's not that. It's a, 
if this is the community that you want to stay committed to, acknowledge that it has changed and what that means for you so that you can step into the good that comes from the change too. I, I want to just say that I believe that despite how challenging this moment right now is, it is also an invitation to experience more of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it, it is a moment to, to experience more of the grace of our Lord Jesus for each of us. And maybe for, for some of us, or maybe most of us, to experience that grace in a way we've never had the opportunity to experience it before. It's one thing to confess that we are all broken people. It's another to, to live in a moment where it is undeniable that we are all broken people. And to gather around the broken body of Christ together and to understand that it is the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus that holds us to each other, that heals us in the deepest places, that allows God's strength to, made, to be made visible in our weakness and his wisdom in our foolishness, that is an invitation. It's a hard invitation. It's an invitation that I, like the rest of these folks, am tempted to say no to because it feels costly at times. Hear the invitation, as, as Dennis and Crystal just put it, um, to, to just take the next little step, not as a perfect person, but as a broken person with other broken people in this, in this community. I am so thankful for how God speaks through God's people. Amen? I'm so thankful for the wisdom of these folks and their willingness. They all said yes way faster than I was expecting. I emailed them on Monday. I was like, take 24 hours, think and pray about it. And like within a few hours, they all said yes. Uh, and so I, that, that was actually an example for us of folks saying yes uh, to, to allow um, in our brokenness uh, uh, us to serve one another. So I want to pray for them right now that God will fill them back up with what they've given them. And I want to ask you, if the Lord used anything that they said during this time, would you find them after the service and let them know how the Spirit spoke through them for you so that they would be encouraged in, in the sacrifice they made for us today? God, thank you for uh, each of these women and men. Um, God, I'm so thankful that, uh, that Crystal and Dana and Sarah and Dennis are uh, indispensable members of this body. God, thank you for how you have kept them how you have held them, how you are keeping them, and how you are holding them. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the wisdom that you gave them, not just for them, but for us today as well. I ask now, Spirit of the living God, that the, the, the things, the good and true and beautiful things that they've shared with us would find a, a really good, receptive soil uh, in each of us that what they have shared would bear good fruit in each of our lives. God, we are in, uh, in unprecedented places, each of us. We, we would dare not predict what tomorrow looks like. Um, so we entrust ourselves once again to you. You want good for us. You want good not just for us as individuals, but for us as your people. So show us a spirit of the living God. Uh, how we may each in our brokenness lean into the broken body of Christ and towards one another, uh, that we would more and more be a reflection together uh, of your presence in our city. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.